Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So today, inshallah, we're continuing with our parables of the Qur'an. And in this one, uh, we're going to be talking about Surah Kaf, ayah number 45, in which Allah Ta'ala says, بَعْدَ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا كَمَا إِنْ أَنزَلْنَهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فَاخْتَلَطَ بِهِ نَبَاتُ الْأَرْضِ فَأَصْبَحَ هَشِمًا تَذْرُهُ الرِّيَاحِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُقْتَدِرًا And present to them the example of the life of this world, it being like rain which we send down from the sky, and the vegetation of the earth mingles with it, and then it becomes dry remnants, scattered by the winds, and Allah is ever over all things perfect in His ability. So, first we start with وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلْ Allah Ta'ala says what? Hit them with this example. ضَرَبَ literally means to strike. And so, why does Allah Ta'ala describe this as a striking example? It's a very common, you know, ضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا Strike them with this example. Why does Allah Ta'ala use this type of phraseology? Well, because Allah Ta'ala knows just how deceived human beings are when it comes to this world. We, Allah Ta'ala knows that despite, you know, whatever we say, there is this internalized idea like, for example, the young are deceived by their youthfulness, right? When you're young, you think, oh, old people are old, and I'm just going to be young forever. Rich are deceived by their wealth. Uh, the attractive people are deceived by their beauty. Powerful people are deceived by their strength. The intelligent people are deceived by their knowledge. Careless people are deceived by their comfort, and so on and so forth. All of them think that this will last forever. And so Allah Ta'ala is letting them know that this is a striking example because it sh- it's, it's going to shake them up. And then the question is, lahum To them. You know, who is this them that Allah Ta'ala is talking about? The most straightforward answer seems to be this is referring to all of humanity. This is an example for all of mankind. But it could also be a parable for specifically the disbelievers to wake them up. And it could also be uh, a reassurance to the believers who are suffering in their uh, difficult lives that this life is temporary and that inshallah ta'ala what really matters is the next life. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا The life of this dunya. And we should remember that the word dunya is the uh, is a term which comes from adna, which means or dunu, uh, which means lowness. Al adna means the lowest, and the feminine of that is dunya, just like akbar and kubra or ahsan and husna. So it's the feminine in the in the uh, in the superlative. So dunya literally means that which is lowest and closest to you, and that's why this dunya it's the closest to us because it's what we experience directly. Uh, and it's the uh, uh, lowest because this is the lowest form of existence that we're going to have. Inshallah, in the afterlife, it will be a higher level of existence. And that's being highlighted right now. This is just temporary. So this dunya, this lowly type of existence, is uh, like what? Hayat dunya is similar to what? Kama'in anzalnahu min samai It's like water that Allah sends down from, that we send down from the skies. So there's a few points here. First and foremost, paralleling between water and this dunya. Why is that the case? Well, because water doesn't remain in one state, neither does this dunya. We're constantly changing it. We're in a constant state of flux. Nothing remains in this dunya. Furthermore, uh, yeah, water, if you leave it alone, it will evaporate. It will get cold and freeze or, you know, whatever the case is. So it's always in a constant state of flux. And furthermore, everybody that goes into water gets wet. And in the same way, everybody who enters into this dunya gets affected by the fitna of this dunya. So this is a very, very important point, that this is the effect that this dunya has on you. Everybody you know, that comes into this world is going to be affected by it, going to be pulled in all sorts of directions with temptations and so on and so forth. And furthermore, in the right amount, water is very beneficial, but too much and you'll drown. And uh, too little, you'll be dehydrated. So in a similar fashion, this dunya, you're supposed to engage with it in the right amount. 
too much of it and you become materialistic and too little and you start to practice monasticism, which is actually something that is considered a bid'ah, something that is a perversion of the faith, something that Allah Ta'ala did not reveal, rather human beings made it up, as Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Hadid. And so we're supposed to remember to deal with this dunya in moderation, as Allah says and commands, وَلَا تَنْسَى نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Do not forget your share of this world. In other words, yes, your dunya is supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to work for it, hustle for it, and make money, but you're not supposed to be obsessed with it. So it's something in moderation. And Allah says, أَنزَلْنَاهُ We have sent this water down. Allah Ta'ala uses the royal we when describing sending of water, rainwater. Why is that the case? One hypothesis is that perhaps because Allah Ta'ala's throne is upon water, so there is this, uh, this sort of this concept of grandeur. Uh, and also, I think perhaps the most obvious is because all of life comes from water, as Allah Ta'ala mentions in uh, Surah Anbiya, that, uh, that Allah Ta'ala created all life from water. So the fact that it gives, it has this life-giving property uh, clearly ha- has this, this incredible weight to it. Uh, and furthermore, subhanAllah, I mean, we could never survive had it not been for the rain cycle. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides us, instead of us picking up buckets of water and constantly having to irrigate our crops, alhamdulillah, Allah ta'ala allows for this water to evaporate, the winds blow the clouds, and then we uh, get to benefit from this beautiful, gentle rainwater coming down upon our crops uh, so that all the hard work is done for us. Anybody who's lifted up a bucket of water knows how heavy it can be. Imagine all those clouds and clouds and clouds. just, you know, how much... How many drops, how many, how, how many gallons, how much water, subhanAllah, and how heavy all that is. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with allowing this rain cycle to constantly benefit us. Then Allah says what? Uh, so uh, then after uh, uh, sending down this rain, what happens next? That Allah ta'ala says that the vegetation of the earth mingles with it. And then it becomes a dry remnant. That gets scattered by the wind. So it's really important. What is this referring to? Well, yes, Hashim is something that is dry, crushed, and ultimately worthless. So what is this referring to? It seems that the water is symbolically representing the ruh, the spirit, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us this soul into our bodies. The rain water that uh, soaks into the earth represents the soul enter, entering, entering into our physical bodies. And the water animates uh, this lifeless dirt and grows and makes it become vegetation in the same way that our soul enters our you know, dirt-made body, our bodies made of earth, and then it animates it and be- makes it alive. Then, of course, plants degrade and then die, and then eventually the water evaporates and, and the whole thing becomes dry and uh, you know, scattered in the wind. This represents old age, death, and the soul rising back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leaving the body. And then, of course, as we know, all this water that evaporates goes up into clouds, and this, wallahu alam, seems to represent water. Joining other uh, droplets of water represents how all the souls will rejoin on Judgment Day and ultimately gather together for judgment. So this seems to be the symbolic sort of description. Uh, and it's, subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala made this world in such a way so that when we see vegetation, when we see plants growing, when we see them getting old, especially now during the fall time, we're seeing you know the leaves go yellow and orange and red and eventually brown and eventually you crush them up. Like all of this is supposed to remind you of Allah Ta'ala. This, these ayat are designed in such a way where the Qur'an is supposed to be memorized into your mind and into your heart so that when you look at the world around you, all of it is reminding you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your ultimate purpose and ultimately the, the, the trajectory of our lives. Then Allah says, وَكَانَ, وكان اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُقْتَدِرًا 
uh, and Allah Ta'ala is always over everything muqtadira. Usually you find wallahu ala kulli shayin qadir, that Allah is qadir, powerful, able over everything. Why does Allah Ta'ala use muqtadira? What's the difference? Muqtadira seems to be more hyperbolized and it implies that Allah Ta'ala has power over everything and Allah Ta'ala is exercising that power. Qadir means I have full ability, no comment as to whether I'm using that ability or not. So for example, you find wallahu ala kulli shayin qadir is used a lot for punishments. So Allah is saying, I have the capability to punish you. So I'm not necessarily punishing you right now, but I have the ability to. So, but whereas muqtadira, Allah is saying, in terms of this process of life and death and life and death, I am constantly doing this. This is something that I am engaged in constantly. So that seems to be one of the differences between qadir and muqtadira, and Allah knows best. Another important question we have to ask is, how is this different, this ayah, uh, which is uh, Surah Kahf, ayah number 45, how is it different than a different parable that we did which is in Surah Yunus, which is Surah number 10, I number 24. Because it seems very similar, even when you listen to it. <laughs> so, subhanAllah, it sounds so similar that Allah is saying the example of this world is like rain, which we have sent down from the sky, and the plants absorb it, uh, uh, those from which men and livestock eat. So, it goes on and describes this whole scene about. Uh, you know, water coming down and creating crops, and it's it's also a, a method, a parable in the Quran. What is the difference? And so, wallahu alam, one key difference between these two seems to be what? That in the method or in the parable in uh, Surah Yunus, ayah number 24, Allah says what? After these people start to become deluded, they see their crops, they have lots of power, they have lots of wealth, Allah says what? Ataha amruna laylan aw naharan fajalnaha hasida that there comes to it our command by night or by day, and we take it away as like a harvest. Implying what? That this dunya can be snatched away from you in one single day or night, as in in one instance, right? It could, it's not over a long period of time, day, night, day, night. No, no, in one day or in one night, the whole thing can be taken away from you. So, and this parable, the one that we're dealing with today, which is in Surah Al-Kahf, ayah number 45, is talking about what? The slow process of these plants and these this this these uh, you know this uh, vegetation growing and then slowly becoming yellow and orange and red and eventually getting dry brown and, and dying out and you know crumbling so when you take these two together what you get is actually something very beautiful the fact that they complement each other so well we live in this life and there's two ways that we can die either we die through old age surah kahf i number 45 or we die suddenly in a way that was shocking to us. People die all the time in a tragic car accident or whatever the case may be. And so the fact that these two ayat, they're similar, but they have that stark uh, difference between them, I think, subhanAllah, is very powerful because they complement one another in this way. And Allah knows best. And now, of course, uh, um, we should think about how do you feel when you see a blooming flower? You feel grateful for the opportunity to experience and appreciate this rare fleeting moment of sheer beauty, but then you ultimately know that you must soon get back to what's important in your life, i.e. what is lasting, what is long-term. You're not just going to sit there and admire a flower because you know I mean, they, these, you can have one in your kitchen or in your house or whatever. You know that the petals are going to fall. It's all going to get withered away. So what is the conclusion? This world is a beautiful place but a temporary one as well. We should resist getting distracted by worldly entertainment to the point that we forget our long-term goals. It would be pretty embarrassing to be like, what are you doing today? Did you forget to go to work? Yeah, I was just staring at this rose petal and you know, with these roses you know, because they're so beautiful. Look, man, that stuff comes and goes really quickly. It's beautiful, but it's very fleeting. And so uh, uh, this is a powerful reminder to all of us to get our priorities straight, to not focus on what is temporary, 
and to rather focus on what is permanent. And with that, I will finally close with one hadith in which the Prophet says, What? Man ahabba liqa Allahi ahabba Allahu liqa'ahu, wa man kariha liqa Allahi kariha Allahu liqa'ahu. Whoever loves to meet Allah, Allah loves to meet him, and whoever hates to meet Allah, Allah hates to meet him. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are looking forward to the afterlife and looking forward to meeting him, the uh, eternal abode. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Zagul khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.